Welcome back to the 18th Century Podcast. I am your host, CJ. In today's episode, we'll be discussing different kinds of drinks from the 18th century. I'll be going over a few recipes, too. Some of the drinks mentioned will be alcoholic, so if you decide to try one of the alcoholic drinks, please drink responsibly and be of legal age. Some of the drinks mentioned and the recipes provided in this episode I got from the 18th Century Cooking series on YouTube uh, put out by Townsend's. I'll provide links to their videos on the bottom of the script post for this episode. If you'd like to read the script for this episode and its citations, go to 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. Let's begin this episode by taking a look at a brief overview of 18th century drinks. What may surprise you about the 18th century is the multitude of available drinks. A wide range of alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages can be found throughout the century. Some of the non-alcoholic beverages may surprise you by the multitude of them. Also during the 18th century, regarding alcoholic beverages, we start to see the beginnings of cocktails. I want to start this off by giving a fun fact about water during the 18th century. Water is perhaps the most basic drink we consume, and today we could get it right out of our fridge or bottled. I think it's clear that they didn't have fridges back then, but they did have bottled water. If you were in the country and found a clean source water, you'd probably drink it, so like a stream or something like that. But if you lived in a large city, clean water was hard to come by because everybody was throwing their waste into the river or the well. They uh, didn't know about germs at the time, but they could tell, you know, if water was clean or not. If something's floating in it, probably not so clean. Uh, But water would be bottled uh, from clean sources and sold to those in the city. Mineral water was also being sold during the 18th century as it was viewed as having healing properties. Let's continue with our next segment, non-alcoholic drinks. I believe the most proper way to start discussing non-alcoholic beverages would be to talk about the most famous drink from the 18th century. Tea. Tea was perhaps one of the most popular drinks, especially in England and the colonies. They would consume it as green tea or black tea, though I believe black tea uh, went by another name at the time, but I do not remember off the top of my head. Though tea was popular, that doesn't mean it was cheap. Tea could cost up to 10 shillings per pound. Milk was commonly added to the drink. Personally, I have found myself enjoying green tea with a little bit of cream once in a while. It's pretty good. Try it out. I'd strongly recommend it. Uh, I'll be devoting a future episode entirely to tea at some point because it's a large topic. uh, And it's much larger than you'd think, especially getting into the tea trade. Uh, Regarding milk, the better quality milk was found out in the countryside on farms. There were uh, cows brought in to provide milk for the cities, but these cows were typically in poor health due to their diet. People in the 18th century didn't typically drink milk by itself, and it was usually added uh, to something instead. 
We can find the drink uh, hot chocolate found in the 18th century, but they prepared uh, somewhat similar to how we would do it too. Taking a recipe from Elizabeth Randolph, uh, Elizabeth Randolph's, sorry, uh, the experienced English housekeeper, quote, scrape four ounces of chocolate and pour one quart of boiling water on it. Mill it well with a chocolate mill and sweeten it to your taste. Give it a boil and let it stand all night. Then mill it again very well. Boil it two minutes, then mill it. It will leave a, thro a froth upon the top of your cups. Unquote. Um, quick note, I believe the chocolate used during the time was more of a darker chocolate because we didn't really have milk chocolate at, uh, during the 18th century. So if you want to use something for this recipe, you're going to want to use a dark chocolate. Um, coffee was also a popular drink. Coffee houses were popular in England and the colonies, and the first ones dated back to the 17th century. Coffee houses um, acted as a sort of hub for discussion and gossip. Just like today, coffee was a popular breakfast drink. Coffee and hot chocolate were uh, typically drunk from cups without handles. Sometimes, to cool their coffee, they would pour it into a saucer, and uh, their saucers at the time were a little deeper than ours, so it could actually hold liquid. Uh, towards the end of the 18th century, coffee would start to lose its popularity in England. An interesting 1730s summer drink, which was supposed to be refreshing, was barley water. If you'd like to try barley water, here's a simple recipe. First, boil 4 ounces of barley. Then add 1-2 to two quarts of water to cool. Next, you'll want to add a stick of cinnamon and one or two blades of mace. Bring it back up to a boil. After it boils, strain the liquid into a bowl. Uh, let it cool uh, to about room temperature. It doesn't have to be exact, but pretty close to room temperature. Add sugar to taste, and then add the juice of around two lemons. Then you'll want to uh, bottle the drink and keep it cool. Once it's cool, you can serve uh, the drink and, if you wish, garnish with lemon peel. If it's kept cool, the drink should uh, keep for a few days, maybe about three to four days. Now, I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, we'll discuss alcoholic drinks during the 18th century. I'll be right back. Welcome back. We'll finish up the second half of this episode by discussing alcoholic drinks in the 18th century. And based off my research for this episode, they loved to drink. Uh, just a side note, the uh, drinks mentioned are going to be mostly centered around the colonies and England uh, for this second half. Uh, but to give proof, uh, you know, to this, uh, that they really love to drink, let me quote a Georgian man, uh, quote, If I take a settler after my coffee, a cooler at nine, a bracer at ten, a, welt, a wetter at eleven, and two or three stiffeners during the forenoon, who has any right to complain? Unquote. 
Also, to further back this up with some numbers, in 1790, the United States found out that those who were 15 and older drank, on average, 34 gallons of beer and cider, 5 gallons of distilled spirits, and 1 gallon of wine per capita annually. In the Americas, cider and beer were primary choice for uh, the time. Before the American Revolution, rum was the preferred drink over whiskey. But because of patriotism during the American War of Independence, attitudes shifted to a drink which was more local to the area, whiskey. Going back to uh, rum for a second. In the colonies alone, by 1770, there were over 140 distilleries. Uh, Though rum would continue to be more popular in England. Uh, When whiskey came into fashion in the Americas, it was Kentucky bourbon which got near the top. During George Washington's later life, he would distill whiskey on his property. I've been to the uh, site, and if you ever get a chance to tour Mount Vernon, do so. And make sure to go through the distillery. In the morning, John Adams would uh, drink hard cider. Samuel Adams assisted in the running of his father's brewery. John Hancock was accused of being a wine smuggler leading up to the Revolution. Thomas Jefferson would import French wine. At one point, Patrick Henry was a bartender, and was, uh, and when he was the uh, Virginia governor, he would serve his own uh, brewed alcohol to his guests. Another prevalent drink during the 18th century in the Americas and England was small beer. Small beer was a low-alcoholic beer which would have been consumed by men, women, and children during the 18th century. It also went to cross class as both rich and poor would consume it. It could be found being served with meals such as breakfast. You might not find the word cocktail in the 18th century, but they did have mixed drinks. One such drink was called the rattle skull. The rattle skull was made with three to four ounces of hard liquor, usually an equal split between rum and brandy, uh, would be dropped into a pint of a strong porter, uh, tarted up with the juice of half a lemon, and then showered with shaved nutmeg. Another drink which you might have found uh, at a tavern would have been a stone fence. A stone fence was made by pouring two ounces of dark rum into a glass, then topping it with hard cider. You might want uh, the cider to be a little sweet, too. Perhaps uh, the most interesting recipe I found for a drink uh, was called a whipped syllabub, which would have also acted as a dessert. To make a whipped syllabub, take a glass of wine, your choice, and add a teaspoon of sugar to it, or sugar to taste if you prefer. Stir the uh, sugar in until it dissolves. To make the whipped part, in a bowl, pour a cup of white wine, mix in the juice of two lemons and a half cup of granulated sugar. Stir this until sugar is dissolved. To the bowl, add one pint of heavy cream. 
Whip the bowl's contents into a froth. Once you've completed whipping, layer the whip on top of the wine. You can garnish with a little nutmeg if you so desire. You're going to consume uh, the whipped syllabub with a spoon. You can eat each layer one by one, or you can stir the whip uh, into the wine and consume it that way as well. Now, I'm going to make a uh, separate episode specifically dedicated to uh, taverns because I'll get a little more into uh, tavern drinks, but also a little bit of tavern food, tavern games, and um, just music for taverns because that could be an entire topic unto itself. Well, this brings us to the end of this episode of the 18th Century Podcast. It was fascinating to learn about the different types of drinks which were consumed during the 18th century. Uh, I didn't cover everything because there's a lot more drinks out there, and I might do that in a future episode. And just a reminder, I have the uh, Townsend videos that I've... um, their recipes and when they talk about small beer, whip syllabub, and the uh, barley water episode, I have all that in the... uh, the show notes, the uh, the script page. Sorry, my mind's going blank today. So I hope you found this episode to be as interesting as I did. The script and citations for this episode and all other episodes can be found at 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. If you'd like to uh, support the show, please share it and leave a review. I've been your host, CJ, and thank you for listening to this episode of the 18th Century Podcast.